this is the first time you're speaking publicly. I had no need to talk to the media. They were looking for sensationalism, and they were looking for the monster. Police found 29 bodies buried in shallow graves under Gacy's suburban Chicago home. He's a very good neighbor. We socialize with him. Gacy was well-respected in his community and even dressed up as a clown to entertain children. She said to me, clowns can get away with murder. Gacy was convicted of murdering more people than anyone else in U.S. history. It had nothing to do with the bodies. The dead won't bother you. It's the living you gotta worry about. There were red flags all along the way that for some reason nobody paid attention to. We're learning so much now we would never have known at the time. Could Gacy have done this alone? Maybe there's a cover-up here. Mom protected John. She carried secrets she went to the grave with. The thing everybody thought they knew wasn't the whole story. All right, welcome everybody. It's the Pub Time Podcast. I'm Ryan. And I am Brad. And this is literally our fifth try at covering this chubby asshole. So yeah. hopefully all is well. Saturday morning edition of the Pub Time Podcast. That's right. Like, well, I'll be a little early for, for, for a few beers. We'll see. What would be your morning radio name? I, I have no idea. They put me on the spot. Have you had time like to think about it? Biscuits and gravy. <laughs> think about that. There we go. Biscuits and gravy. Bacon and eggs. That's right. <clears throat> yeah. So this is the final episode, of the Faces of the Death series. I'm, I'm somewhat excited because I feel like we can get the pub time back to uh, that uh, family-oriented podcast that we originally had planned on so absolutely no more hurting anyone's feelings no yes no offending anyone i think that there's there's a zero percent chance that that's going to happen anytime in the future no random sexual performances with people's necks and i don't know i kind of hope that rears its ugly head again at some point that's a mainstay <laughs> of the <Bub> <laughs> podcast that I might be know. our go-to move from now on so so we still have the giveaway going on right for the coffee mug right tomorrow night though so that's okay i mean it stinks we lost what did we say maybe half of the entries when At the least. tiktok got shut down yeah still shut down no resolution has been found fight, fight the power although there is now a pub time two or pub time podcast two on tiktok so make sure you find that yeah you can't keep us down long no shady's back In infinite amount of numbers so could be pub time three by the time you go looking, but that's all right. We'll be there. Uh, round one, yeah, another round one result. Dahmer over Ridgeway, narrowly, narrowly. Yes, standing above his torso. And I think even last night, after 
we shut this operation down, another vote came in for Ridgeway, which I think made it even closer. Ten eight. Yeah. So so I don't know. I mean Dahmer moves on and uh you know, we've got Son of Sam David Berkowitz and John Wayne Gacy who we're gonna hop into here in a few minutes. And I, I don't know that there's gonna be much debate there. No, I, I feel like the fat man is Head and shoulders, you know, he's I definitely not a competition. No, so. and I don't know, maybe at the end of this we'll see where we're at, how we feel. I don't know, maybe we just expedite the process and uh, settle it ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Instead of dragging it out. 45 minutes pregame. Passionate, <laughs> passionate sex. Oh, with uh, before we Casey and Dahmer, uh, you and me. (laughs) Before we settle it, yeah. Always, always fucking before the fighting around here. Right. Hopefully, a couple bush lights too. Make makes those muscles relax a little bit. Oh man. So a little early for that. Uh, John Wayne Gacy, born in Chicago, Illinois, on March seventeenth, nineteen forty-two. St. Patty's Day, baby. The second child and only son of John Stanley Gacy and Marion Marion Elaine Robison. I'm going to tell you right now, this, this is my idea behind what happened last night. This chubby fuck didn't want us on our A game. Now he's got us Saturday morning, somewhat hungover. You know what? I'm, I'm a little bit enraged. At him right now. I hear you, man. It, it it was wild. We've never through any of these have had one that we started not be able to be completed, and we had to happen five hours later. <laughs> we, we had still happen had nothing four times. Yeah. So and this, hey, to be determined here. Who knows? Who knows what could happen? Somebody might come up and bang on the door it's, here in a couple minutes. It's going down regardless. So <laughs> just gonna ride it out. Yep. Hang on, boys. <clears throat> Uh, his father was a machinist and a World War One veteran. His mother was a homemaker. So that, Ga- that all seems fairly normal. Yeah, so far. And uh, Gacy was close to his mother and two sisters, but endured a difficult relationship with his father, who was an alcoholic and physically abusive to his family. And this this was a deal where it wasn't just uh, John that he was abusive to, but he he was an equal opportunity asshole. He spread the wealth throughout all of his children. Right. Uh, not that that makes it any better, but it's definitely different than like in Kemper's case where his mom specifically um, abused him and treated him differently compared to his sisters. Yeah, and I, I think from an early age, John had it in his mind that maybe he just wasn't good enough for his father. You know, he wanted that. Uh, he wanted to be accepted. So, yeah, and I think that's a common theme you'll realize throughout this. And um one of Gacy's earliest memories was his father beating him with a leather belt uh, for accidentally um, disarranging components of a car engine that he had assembled. Oh, yeah, that gets your ass wet. Every time, 10 out of 10 times. Yeah, um, yeah you, you get in the garage, you step into the ring with Dad in the garage, yeah, you, you, get you ass better be on your A game, for yeah, sure. Obviously wasn't. Um, his mother tried to shield her son from his father's abuse, which only resulted in accusations that he was a, quote, sissy, um, quote, mama's boy who would probably grow up to be queer. Titty, babe. <laughs> We've seen it happen. 
And uh, you're going to find out, though, that Dad was not off the mark here. Right. Um, but possibly he created some of those feelings. So It could be. Yeah, that's the case. Yeah, what came first, the, the chicken or the egg? You know, did, did his abuse lead Gacy down this road through whatever psychological issues it caused? Or was, was Dad born that way? Was he born that way and Dad was calling it the way he saw it? Right. Spade is spade. So in uh, 1949, Gacy's father was informed that his son and another boy had been caught sexually fondling a young girl. His father whipped him with a razor strap as punishment. So um, I guess it doesn't. So in 49, that would have made him about seven. Yeah. Seven years old. Uh, That, you know, obviously these days you don't hear of uh, kids getting beaten with objects so much anymore. That'll You don't? necessarily hear a seven-year-old sexually assaulting no people on the playground no but i'm saying that that that's not an unreasonable response to that behavior at the time for him to get his ass beat i would i would beat the shit out of one of my children for doing that so (laughs) while alarming the whole situation is alarming i would say that that was not uncommon uh behavior at that point and in the same year uh, a family friend and contractor who would sometimes molest uh, would sometimes molest Gacy and his truck. Uh, Gacy never told his father about this, afraid that his father would blame him. And yeah, if he's already getting comments from dad that he's uh, sissy, queer, gonna be queer, everything yeah. else, yeah, the last thing he's probably going to say is, well, dad, I uh, want you to know that um, your buddy is taking me to Pound Town. In the back of his Chevy pickup truck. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely a Ford. No. Most definitely a Chevy. <laughs> All right. So one of Gacy's friends in high school, uh, so we're jumping ahead a little bit, uh, so, uh, recalled several instances when his father ridiculed or beat his son without provocation. On one occasion in 1957, he witnessed Gacy's father emerging drunk from the family basement to begin uh, belittling and then hitting his son for no apparent reason. So... Really, the only part of his childhood that I left out that would be somewhat notable is around the age of 11 or 12, he took a pretty considerable shot to the head that put him out. He had a blood clot, and he spent <clears throat> he spent some time in the hospital, and after that, he had episodes where he would black out from time to time, so... And he, we, this isn't the only one with a head injury, right? Uh, Ramirez, Ramirez had a couple. Had Raider a, had a couple. Yeah. And it kind of makes you wonder what that could have caused, you know. And like we, we've kind of. sort of changed. Well, we've kind of talked about the, the CTE thing a little bit, you know, more recently. Like the Aaron Hernandez deal, you know. But, I mean, we have a, evidence as a seven-year-old that he's sexually assaulting yeah, kids, so, kids his age. So maybe this just kind of ramped it up a little bit. Could have been. And and also too now now you're starting to see it things have taken a turn from, you know it sounds like some of the earlier abuse from dad was, not I'm not saying it was warranted but it was provoked by something where now it's dad's just like oh something you know, to do you're here so I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat, beat, your, beat the shit out of you. Um, Gacy's mother attempted to intervene as her son you know he would put his hands up to try to defend himself, and according to the friend Gacy never struck his father. Um, basically would just try to bend him off and take the beating. Yeah, I don't I don't think 
in that day and age that you're uh, raising your hand to either one of your parents. Yeah, I don't know, man. I got to tell you, old Slick Rick comes with me swinging. We're going to go some rounds. Well, I don't know. Um, In 1960, at age 18, Gacy became involved in politics, working as an assistant precinct captain for a Democratic Party candidate in his neighborhood. Uh, This led to more criticism from his father, who accused his son of being a, quote, patsy. Um, Do you think that was just because of the Democratic Party Association? Obviously, Dad was a conservative. Uh, Gacy later speculated that his decision to become involved in politics was actually to seek the acceptance from others uh, that he never received from his father. Which, I mean, at 18, that seems kind of weird, but... But, yeah, the politics is the avenue. There's a little bit of a correlation already between him and Ted Bundy, so... As far as uh, political affiliations? Yeah, and being a psychopath, so... That, too. I figured that was assumed. Um, Do you think that he went, you know, assuming, I guess, based off his father's comments, that do you think he chose to go down the opposite path as far as political affiliation to maybe spite his father in some way yeah yeah i mean donkey v elephant at the dinner table so uh in 1962 gacy left home uh and drove to las vegas nevada he found work within the ambulance service before he was transferred to work as an attendant at the palm mortuary so i think as an attendant he's basically more or less a janitor so he's cleaning up you know, the embalming room. The... I don't know if there's any salary that you could pay me. I well, sure as fuck ain't doing it for minimum to wage. To work at a mortuary. I, too weird. That's yeah, definitely strange. And spirits don't accept currency in the form of uh, the U.S. dollar. No, they won't splash. <laughs> so I, I couldn't even pay them off if I was a billionaire. So, yeah, I'd be out on that. And while a mortuary attendant, this is another thing that I'd be out on for sure, Gacy slept on a cot bed uh, behind the embalming room. Uh, He worked there for three months, observing morticians embalming dead bodies. Uh, Again, hard pass. Yeah, I'm out on that one. (laughs) I I, I, I have a strict rule of uh, I don't sleep within one mile of anything that I know is dead. So I've... I don't know why, but I've seen a couple of videos, and oh man, some of the tools and things they use to make those people look fairly lifelike is amazing. I'm sure I've got an aunt who has uh, worked, you know, at at times doing hair mm-hmm. for. They, um, they put a plug in your ass like you're fucking John Boat. You know what I mean? Just so why you can't be taken on water. (laughs) Uh, It's it's crazy. That's a crazy job. Oh, yeah. Well, she's she's told a few stories, um, you know, where she's been there to do hair for the deceased. And they, you know, let out a groan or release air. So I'd be out the door, (laughs) man. I wouldn't even be in there in the first place. Right. But I mean, if if I was. um, Damn it. I forgot my curlers. I would be gone. Uh, yeah, that that haircut no would be left wherever <laughs> wherever it fell at that point in time. Touche, along with my underwear. I'm uh, there, too. I'll have to. Um, she she might listen to this or whatever next time I see her. I'll have to see if she's got a couple more stories from uh, her time doing that. 
So Gacy later confessed that one evening while alone, he had climbed into one of the coffins of a deceased teenage male. Uh, he embraced and caressed the body before experiencing a sense of shock. <laughs> so I would imagine in the time working at that mortuary, he'd start to become fascinated. I mean, with I mean, he was in close contact with most of the dead bodies. Obviously, he had time where he was unsupervised. So this reminds me of a story from maybe when I was, I don't know. I don't know if I've ever told you this story. Maybe high school, like early high school years, freshman, sophomore year. Um, so where we lived, I had, my room was in the basement, and there our trash, there was a dumpster outside, a shared dumpster outside where the trash would go. And one night, and it was winter time, I don't know, January, February, cold. I had woken up in the middle of the night, obviously not fully awake. For whatever reason, I felt compelled to walk, walk outside, walk outside, walk over to where this dumpster was, which 20, 30 yards from the house. And I standing there staring at this dumpster. And like at this moment, I'm starting to sort of like wake up and realize this is like three o'clock in the morning whatever i'm starting to realize like what that's, the fuck's happening that's the witching hour and i i start like I'm, i remember having this thought going through my head of like i should climb in this thing for whatever reason and then i kind of like what the fuck am i doing and turned around went inside went back downstairs and went to sleep and my mom the next day was like uh did you get up and go outside last night i'm like as a matter of fact i did <laughs> um and and so she likes to tell that story too. I have no, I've never done anything like that in my life since. I don't recall anything like that before. Uh, no one like sleepwalking. I, I don't think I've ever done it. Um, Just so you know, Brad, someday I'll return you to said dumpster, <laughs> sprinkle a little ash in there, maybe. So maybe I could really, you know, maybe old John Boy woke up from a sleep and was compelled to climb in this, and then his sense of shock was him waking up, and being like, "Ooh, this isn't." That's not the rub and tug I was looking for. <laughs> no. Well, and I want to know how big this coffin is, man. They don't seem like they're built for two. No, no. They were just tight I mean, quarters. This has got to be like sandwich style. There's no side-by-side here. Oh, yeah. No, no. Definitely the big spoon he was. If uh, And if there was any doubt that that corpse was de- officially dead or not, it was after that fat bastard laid on top of it. <laughs> um. So, this whole experience prompted Gacy to call his mother the next day and ask whether uh, his father would allow him to return home. His father agreed, and the same day he drove back to Chicago. So, that's like, that escalated quickly, right? It goes from working here to yeah, sleeping there. I, I think he had worked there for a while, yeah. though. So. But I mean, just but that after instant, this... you know, crawling a coffin with a dead teenager and, uh, kind of had that what the hell am I doing moment and next day he's gone. Yeah, we gotta find mom. So uh, after returning home Gacy had enrolled at the Northwestern Business College despite having failed to graduate from high school. Uh, He graduated in 1963 and took a management trainee position with the Nunbush Shoe Company. Nunbush. Yeah, he lived by that motto. You never know, though. What? I mean, a bush oh, probably, is a bush. He probably dealt whether, with a lot of bush back the, then. Whether them bushes are growing Regardless. around a tree or not. Right. 
you know, regardless whether those were hedges or not. But so in '64, the shoe company transferred him to Springfield, Illinois, to work as a salesman, and eventually promoted him to manager of his department. Yeah, which maybe this is where he was introduced to the uh, the art of sodomy. Because What's that in Springfield, Illinois, that's a seem to specialize in fucking people in the ass. So this may be Especially where John honed JD his craft. Fritzker. We're canceled. And I hope so. Again. So soon after Gacy joined uh, joined the local JCs and worked tirelessly for them, being named key man in uh, April of 1964. So the JCs, it sounds like it's uh, a junior chamber of commerce, essentially. People age 18 to 40 where they can uh, develop business connections, leadership training, things like that. It sounds like it's essentially just about networking and getting in contact with other young professionals. Sounds sketchy. Agreed. Um, the same year, he had his second second homosexual experience. Uh, according to Gacy, after one of his colleagues in the Springfield JCs plied him with drinks and invited him to spend the evening on his sofa, he agreed. The colleague then performed oral sex on him while he was drunk. Uh, by 1965, Gacy had risen to the position of vice president of the Springfield JCs. So it sounds like come over for a couple beers and a blow, and that's how you climb the ranks of the JCs. Yeah, he didn't sound like he turned it down. No, so. this doesn't. This was not a. Uh, this sounds like it was. He was um, a willing participant. Yeah, mutually consenting adults, at least in this case. So. Sure, Bob. I could go for a blow right now. <laughs> um, after six, after a six-month courtship, Gacy and a woman by the name of Marilyn Myers married in September of 1964. So this likely a affront for his true desires. Yeah, I think he's trying to take the scent off the gay trail for sure. So, I mean, which in the 60s still, I mean wouldn't have been widely accepted. So when you say scent, do you think that his father was like, every time John come home, say, let me sniff that thing. <laughs> See where it's been. God, I hope not. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> you know, it's it's so much easier to talk about a man's soiled penis after seven or eight bush lights. It, yeah, I've, maybe, I've had a know. cup of coffee and a couple swigs of Coke. I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm on coffee number two. Uh, I I don't know if this is a good or bad thing. I'm equally uh, comfortable discussing said things. The only difference is, is I'm more likely to, to completely botch it after seven right. or eight foot with bush lights um, and wrongfully accuse people of shooting others, <laughs> which, <laughs> which occurred last night. Thank God we squashed that. Who shot who? Um, <laughs> I'm not even revisiting even this. I'm not even revisiting this. Um, so, let's see. Okay. Uh, Marilyn, so John marries Marilyn Myers, and her father subsequently purchased three Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurants in Waterloo, Iowa. This is what spawned my shooting story. Oh, yes. Um, the couple moved. About the patron saint of Iowa. <laughs> I know. How dare you? I don't know why I thought that or how I made that correlation. I know I know what triggered the thought, but it just didn't. Yeah. Moving on. The couple uh, 
they moved there so Gacy could manage the restaurants uh, with the understanding that uh, they would move into Marilyn's parents' former home, which had been vacated for the couple. So, I mean, at the time, probably, you know, you're going to move there, you're going to manage three KFCs. You're basically the um, chicken king of Waterloo, Iowa. Yeah. Who wouldn't? I hear you, man. And it was probably decent living and uh, in small town Midwest. So Gacy's wife gave birth to a son uh, in February of 1966 and a daughter in March of 67. And Gacy later described this period of his life as, quote, perfect. Um, he had finally earned his father's approval. So, you know, he's got the quintessential Midwestern family life right yeah. now. Yeah. And got a decent job. He's able to provide for his wife enough that she can stay home and watch the kids. And uh, one thing I, not that I was surprised, because most of these guys are really good at putting on a front, but it sounds like I was really hoping he was an asshole to his kids, but he wasn't. It sounds like he wanted to be the complete opposite of his father. That's been the case with most of these guys, though. You remember <clears throat> BTK and Ridgeway? So it sounds like he was really respectful to his children and supportive, you know, all the things that a father so, should be. But. So there's only, well, Bundy, Bundy fathered a child. Right. But Later, we did, we after, did, while he was in prison. So. And, and we didn't talk much about that, no. really, and as far as One what of his her... earlier girlfriends had a daughter, but she had basically said the same, that she never noticed him act in any, you know, inappropriate fashion around her and treated her yeah. just like she was his own so and then btk and ridgeway and their kids you know said that they had great childhoods and great relationships with their fathers and right and would have never guessed no which is horrifying i mean that so i guess that's why these people can operate for as long as they do because they, they are blend able in to so well yeah, and they're able to pull the wool over so many people's eyes for so long I mean, and we said this with, maybe it was Bundy, I can't remember. But imagine if, I mean, these people obviously had, that's a great skill uh, to, like, in a way, to be able to, I don't want to say manipulate people, but to have that charisma and all that. If they, they would have applied that talent for something productive, <laughs> you know, what you know, could but have like become. Ramirez and Berkowitz, they were just fucking crazy all the time and never stopped you know once it started it was there i mean like Dahmer, maybe you know he should have been like a medical examiner he could chop people up all day as long as he hey hey their... hey let's check that lunch box <laughs> yeah you ain't taking <laughs> nothing a, home no that's a, as long as he could uh you know keep bits and pieces away from his pie hole <laughs> to be honest that actually would have been a great job for him like a corner or something i mean it's i mean it's some of these guys they end up right they end up with jobs that are that make their desires easier to um, yeah, accomplish Ra raider worked for adt i mean he knew how to get in your house and keep you from contacting anybody that would stop him so <clears throat> but yeah you wonder that's interesting that you know a Dahmer didn't think of hey that'd be a gig just pick up dead bodies don't have to kill them which is funny because when he applied you know to college he was majored in business at ohio state so definitely not his field 
apparently he majored in necrophilia at Ohio State instead. That's where it started. I think Nathan Tomasello majored in the same thing. Yeah. Coming at NATO like that. <laughs> it shouldn't, but it shouldn't come after a wrestler like that. It no. sounds poor, awful. Poor you. form. Poor form. He's, even as much as I don't like NATO the tomato. So when uh, Gacy's parents visited in July of 1966, his father pri- privately apologized for the physical and emotional abuse he had inflicted throughout John's childhood and was quoted as saying, Son, I was wrong about you as he shook Gacy's hand. No, you were not. You were right. Very right. Yes, the entire time. In Waterloo, uh, Gacy joined the local JC's chapter, uh, regularly offering extended hours to the organization in addition to the uh, 12 and 14-hour days that he worked managing the three KFCs. Um, At meetings, Gacy would often provide fried chicken and insisted on being called the colonel. Do you think he wore one of those little bolos? I hope so. Like the real colonel? What a dick. I don't. No one's allowed to give themselves their own nickname. You would call me colonel. Yeah, I just don't. You can't give yourself your own. You can't anoint yourself anything. Um, yeah, yeah colonel, that's... I mean, I get the connection, but whatever. Go ahead. Take us into August of 67. Uh, Gacy sexually assaulted a 12-year-old boy by the name of Donald Voorhees, who was the son of a fellow J.C. Uh, Gacy lured Voorhees to his house upon the promise of showing him heterosexual stag films that were regularly... Ooh, boy. Regularly. Regularly. Man, that got me there. Played at J.C. events. Uh, Gacy offered Voorhees alcohol and allowed him to watch the video then pursued him to engage in mutual oral sex, adding, and I quote, you have to have sex with a man before you can start having sex with a woman. Objection, Your Honor. Yeah. <laughs> I I call uh, bullshit. I don't, how do you, uh, and I don't know, young people, naive, and if this guy's portraying himself as a, se- a successful, if, influential if, part if of I the community. If I had to blow John Wayne Gacy... Before I could have sex with a woman, I would just be a fucking priest. There would probably be less teen pregnancy. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? There ain't no way I'm touching that thing. Oh, I sorry for a minute. I thought you were going down the the whole Catholic road. I wasn't. I I would have, Brad, if I'd have had a couple beers, but I've already Uh, told you coffee and a little bit of Coke. But, yeah, I mean, I think if if that were the rite of passage. I take it back, Brad. I'd be a fucking monk. There you go. Yeah, if that were the rite of passage, like I said, there'd be much, there'd be fewer teen pregnancies. Uh, I would have never seen a vagina in my entire life if that were the stipulation. So stag films, like porn? Yeah, or... basically, that's just an outdated name for it. So over the following months, Gacy similar, similarly abused several other youths, including one whom he encouraged to have sex with his own wife, before blackmailing him into perform, performing oral sex on him. Uh, he tricked several teenagers into believing that he was commissioned to conduct homosexual experiments in the interest of scientific research and paid them up to $50 each. What do you think Bill Nye has to say about that? <laughs> so he's, you know, hey, man, uh, doing a little research uh, for the <laughs> government here, and... <clears throat> 
Uh, you know, let's see how many licks it takes to get to the center of this Tootsie Pop <laughs> for fifty bucks. Fifty I bucks. I mean, and so like between his workforce at the KFC and the new friends he's made at the JCs, it sound like the Gacy's would host, you know, basically what I would call swinger parties with underage workers and members of the JCs. I mean, it didn't sound like he blackmailed his wife into having sex with this child. No, it doesn't. Sound, sound like, Did she uh, get 50 bucks? I don't think so. You know? I mean, if I was her, I found out someone else was getting 50 bucks to blow that fat fuck. I'd be like, where's my money, She asshole? probably got the finish, and I'm sure John Wayne's sitting in the corner firing off his own shots. So. so in March of 1968, Voorhees reported uh, to his father that Gacy had sexually assaulted him. Voorhees Sr. immediately informed the police who arrested Gacy and subsequently charged him with performing oral sodomy on Voorhees and... Uh, the attempted assault of 16-year-old Edward Lynch. Right. And, uh, you know, sodomy, I think, by the letter of the law is, you know, it isn't just uh, anal sodomy. I mean, so. is it is it just like a synonym for rape? Basically, yeah. And, uh, you know, at that time, and sodomy is, I think most people think about it as... Male. Ma- well, yeah, male-on-male male, um, action was on the books in a lot of states as being against the law. Right. Um, much to the dismay of a few of our serial killers. Right. From San Francisco. <clears throat> and uh, so on November 7th, 1968, Gacy uh, pleaded guilty to one count of sodomy in relation to Voorhees, but not guilty to the charges related to other youths. He claimed that Voorhees had offered himself to him and that he had acted out of curiosity. His story was not believed, and Gacy was convicted of sodomy on December 3rd and sentenced to 10 years imprisonment to be served at the Anamosa State Penitentiary. So here you're like, okay, they caught this bastard. Um, He's going away for a while. And story ends, right? 10 years. He he should have served that time. And usually, I mean, I don't know if it was the same way then, but now it seems the the understanding is someone who commits those types of crimes ends up behind bars. Uh, they get taken care of in a certain way right. um, by their fellow inmates. Yeah. And obviously, this did not occur in Mr. Gacy's case. If so, he probably welcomed it. He was probably was like, like, I was about to say, doing the laundry. Like, like, hey, fuck, I should have been here years ago. Yeah. So, uh, his time in Anamosa State Penitentiary, Gacy was like the model prisoner. You know, he became like the head cook. He had started a JC's in the prison, which still blows my mind. Not sure what kind of chamber of commerce you need among rapists and murderers, but, uh. Shit, trade you my ramen for that hot sauce, man. I guess. But, uh, they said the group. So there was some sort of JCs established there to begin with, but that those numbers grew, you know, to a couple hundred before he had left the prison. So, so as a result of his uh, good behavior, good behavior, he is uh, granted parole 
with 12 months probation on June 18, 1970, after having only served 18 months of his 10-year sentence, which blows my mind. So again, another case of these guys being in custody at some point in time, or, you know, and a few of them literally imprisoned, and where this whole thing could be shut down right now, and it doesn't happen, and they go on to commit many more awful crimes. So the conditions of his probation included that he relocate to Chicago to live with his mother, and he must observe a 10 p.m. curfew, you know, because no raping ever happens before 10 p.m. No. Um, and it sounds like just a couple of weeks after returning to Chicago, he had picked up an individual at, like, a Greyhound bus station, attempted to rape them. They were able to get away, and, you know, they went to the police, filed a report, which would have been a violation of his parole. So more than likely, he's returned to Anamosa to finish his 10 years now with no questions asked. But uh, at the time of the trial, that uh, person had never shown back up. So the state had to drop the case against John Lynn Gates. Yeah, so it's like the Ramirez Hotel incident. Correct. Where they could have Just... prosecuted them, but the the people involved, the couple was like, hey, we ain't fucking messing with this. But it sounds like through the years, because I left a lot of these out. He had a lot of allegations of rape and things like that against younger individuals. And that he was really good at just, you know, threatening you with blackmail, violence, you know, whatever, to the point where they just wouldn't show again. So, so one thing that I we haven't read, and I don't know if you know this or not, but... Were most of his victims people who were, you know, were they wayward boys with hard lives or no money to where they were easily influenced or won over by him in some way? He was quoted as saying to a FBI investigator at the end that most of his victims were all punks and queers. But yes, most of them were, which you know, what you would consider wayward individuals so and it that's Runaways that's or... also a common theme right through a lot of these killers is they they sort of prey on the people that won't be missed as yeah. much you know which is or the ones that would be more easily easier more easily manipulated by things like money or the prospect of science food or a place to sleep research. or yeah science research <laughs> um so on october let me tell you what if someone's dick comes out, that's the last time I'm coming to your lab. Plain and simple. <laughs> Plain and simple. Hey, I, no thanks. Let's leave that alone. Get real weird. Um, so in October of 71, with financial assistance from his mother, Gacy bought a ranch house near the village of Norridge, um, an unincorporated area of Cook County. The address was 8213. West Somerdale Avenue. Um, and this is where he resided until his arrest in December of 78, and where, according to Gacy, he committed all of his murders. Which, we talked about that a little bit last night. That's wild to believe that he was able to murder 33 people in that house. It's and nuts. And over half of them remained there. Oh, yeah, almost 30 of them. Because I think the last five 
he basically ran out of space under his house and chucked him in the Desplaines River. That's nuts. Um, you, you filled your call space with bodies. You had no room left. You know, I, I've often wondered why no one ever noticed the smell. And I know that people did, and he talked his way out of it however many times. But just, you know, these days especially, um, the last couple of years, I could see how someone would get away with something like this um, in the Chicago area. Because you walk outside and you smell that disgusting smell of rotting death. And you just assume that it's the Chicago Bears. Um, <laughs> it, it not, well could be. not your neighbor with 30 bodies buried under his house. Hey, y'all want to see a dead body? Let's go to Soldier Field. I'll show That's you insane. 60 of them with helmets on. It all changed <clears throat> when they go to Arlington Heights. So It might. You know, the Bears need a, they just need a fucking overhaul, man, big time. They just need to blow it up uh, and start over. And I like we talked about in one of the earlier episodes, I do think the NFL is better when the Bears are good. That has not been the case. So uh, through his membership in a local Moose Lodge, JC became aware of a Jolly Joker Clown Club whose members regularly performed at fundraising events and parades in addition to voluntarily entertaining hospitalized children. In late 1975, JC joined the Clown Club and created his own clown characters Pogo the Clown, and Patches the Clown. Devising his own makeup and costumes, Gacy seldom earned money for his performances and later said that acting as a clown allowed him to regress into childhood. So, uh, fun fact. It sounds like Stephen King's version of Pennywise was more than likely... Based on derived Gacy. from Pat or Pogo the clown, not Patches. So it sounds like between the two, one was more of a happy clown and one was more of a sad clown. So, so when did uh, when Stephen King write that story? Do you know, in was the eighties, was it? Yeah. Um, that wasn't released so till like the where's the 90s. fucking outrage of him? What's you know, that? glorifying this, Pogo the clown, capitalizing monetarily on. And he preys on, you know, children, teenage age children. And Stephen King getting banned. No. Fucking guy makes millions of dollars. <clears throat> Clowns are weird. Way weird. Um, I yeah, don't. I, I don't get it at all. Like, I think the only way that it's not weird if you're a clown is if you're like fucking Mr. Rogers, man. You're like the most upstanding, pure person ever. Dude. Otherwise, it's weird. Do you remember Mr. Hoban? I know who you're talking about, yeah. He was a clown. Really? ISU. And it sounds like ISU has quite the... Like clown the, cult or what? No, they they even offer like some sort of uh, legit college education on how to become a circus performer. So well, That makes a lot of sense. What's that? As it was a, as a Bradley fan, I've been watching a lot of clowns? clowns from ISU... Uh, Coming at them red yeah. it's hard. No, I uh that's weird that there's a, such a thing, but I guess anymore there's there's sort of uh educational av- avenues for everything. For everything. Yeah. Oh yeah. So uh sometimes Gacy would remain in his clowning garb after a performance and briefly drank at a local bar before returning home. Uh Gacy's voluntary public service as a clown throughout the years of his murders led 
to him being known as the killer clown. And, so, and that's just adds a whole another element. Fucking frightening that would be that you're fucking getting handcuffed and raped by a chubby, sweaty clown. None of I, those things sound enjoyable. But you put chubby, sweaty clown on top of it, and I'm all the fucking way out now. No, it's it's I'm definitely it. that is at the uh, uh, my list of things that I. Um, would prefer to not be raped by last chubby clown is is last um like I on said, that list jb pritzker's already been getting in my ass <laughs> i don't I, need no john wayne no and uh, he don't even bother putting the nose on um no i i don't uh well, i don't really have a list of men um, you would like to be raped by no 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 sir do not uh, that'll but be our next top five top five men i would like to be raped by uh john wayne gacy fat chubby greasy KFC clown not on the list. I think uh, Robert Downey Jr. would be on mine. <laughs> Your top five? Yeah. <laughs> Middle of the road, maybe, but <clears throat> he's on there for sure. So Gacy established a part-time construction business, PDM Contractors. Uh, much of PDM's workforce consisted of high school students and young men. So again, just another avenue where yeah. he's able to... He uses these places as like his stables. You know, it's crazy. Uh, Gacy would often proposition his workers for sex or insist on sexual favors in return for acts such as um, lending his vehicles, financial assistance, or promotions. You know, I, hey, can I have a Friday off? <laughs> Suck this dick. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see what we can do for you. Put these handcuffs on for a minute. Yeah, I'm good. That's a, brings a whole new meaning to the grand prize game. Um, oh. <laughs> bozo come on now everybody love that bozo may of uh 75 gacy hired man i just had like i can't i'm not cannot verbalize it per se but i just had a a visual in my mind of the john wayne gacy version of the grand prize game no um no it's what those buckets look like <laughs> yeah those they yeah. look like uh gapers yeah that's that's awful yeah. just lined up <laughs> And I know it's like the human centipede. Grand yeah, prize yes, game. yes, yeah. that's exactly where I'm at. Hundred <laughs> percent where I'm at. What? What are you? They're not ping pong balls. What would you? No, be? I. What I, would the contestant be pitching? Pitching? Yes. Um, well, I, I some guess sort of foreign object. Foreign object for sure. Maybe you know a fisto pain. Fisto pain. Yeah. I. Don't, I figured. I fleshy darts. Is it like that? What was that game? Jarts? Man, Long this jarts? is just going off the rails. Like, so this maybe this is part of the game with Dahmer and Gacy when they meet in the alley after their copious amounts of banging that's going to happen before the fighting. And they're like, hey, I got this game. And, like, Gacy's like, look at this, man. I got, like, five of them lined up here, you know. And we throw these things. And Jeff's like, cool. I got a cooler, cooler full things of dicks that we could throw. <laughs> um, oh, goodness. Hey, at least it'll be warm in hell. You know what I mean? I get it better so be, man. I'm I'm Ooh. sure the climate is nice. So, in May of 1975, Gacy hired 15-year-old Anthony Antonucci. Two months later, he went to Antonucci's home, uh, knowing that the youth had injured his foot in an accident the previous day. The two drank a bottle of wine and then watched heterosexual stag film before Gacy wrestled Antonucci to the floor and uh, cuffed his hands behind his back. Uh, one cuff was loose, and Antonucci freed his arm while Gacy was out of the room. 
Uh, when Gacy returned, Antonucci, who was a high school wrestler, pounced upon him, uh, wrestled Gacy to the floor, obtained possession of the handcuff key, and cuffed Gacy's hands behind his back. So how are we scoring this thing? Well, we obviously two, had two two, two for John two to start. Now, is it one escape, or are we going straight to the reverse? I don't know. It sounds like we got one for the escape two and one. then two so takedown. Three-two final. So it doesn't sound like there was any near fall awarded at any point in time. No. Um, curious, you know, how Antonucci set up that takedown when Gacy came in the room, you know, a little, a little hand fighting. Yeah, yeah. A little two-on-one. ankle pick. So. Big, big guy, bad heart. I mean, you got to hit him low. Uh, at first, uh, Gacy threatened Antonucci and then calmed down and promised to uh, leave if he would remove the handcuffs. Antonucci agreed, and Gacy left. Um, Antonucci later recalled that Gacy told him, not only are you the only one who got out of the cuffs, you got them on me. And I, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but I'd have left them handcuffs on that fucker, and I would have beat the fuck out of him. Yeah. Your belly down, cuffed, I'm whipping your fucking ass. My foot's broke or not, I don't give a shit. It's again one of those How he instances. Talked himself out of those cuffs, he does this multiple times. He talks his way out of being caught, being incarcerated. Ten seconds ago, you had those cuffs on me, and your chubby ass was getting ready to rape me. And now the tables have turned. Oh man, I would beat the fucking brakes off this guy. Before or after you raped him? After, of course. <laughs> I have all that adrenaline going. Um, Just nuts. I heard a uh, story about um, someone, I don't know, it was one of these deals where uh, a dad was there and his daughter was getting ready to go on a date. Uh, maybe it was to like a prom or something. And the the young man shows up to pick up his daughter and, and the dad takes the the kid out back to talk to him. And he's like, puts his arm around the kid and he's like, if you fuck her. I am going to fuck you. <laughs> it's like, okay. Quite, quite the deterrent there. I would Mr. think Johnson, so. thank you. I would think, though. I would think so. Uh, certainly would be. Um, so as, as we get into the murders, let's take a second and hear some of John Wayne's pathetic ramblings about these young men. And, yeah, you decide... You know, I think it's good to hear this before we really get into the murders so you can know how he has described them after the fact and you know, you have that in your mind going in, into all of this and see if you think it's bullshit. I, I have a lot of things that I've forgotten that I can't remember. For instance, I can go back to my childhood and stuff and I still remember that, but yet you can, I can go into the 70s and there are a lot of things I can't remember. The same thing with the victims. I've looked at all of, I don't know if, if you notice here, we got pictures of every one of the victims here. And believe it or not, for the last 12 years, I've studied these photos of the victims. And there is no, uh, we, we have a shot of all of the victims together here. And uh, when you look over at the, the photos, I have no recollection of any of them, never met them. And we've gone over this more than once. They're just names and faces. And when you, when you look at them, uh, the thing of it is, we took it a step further. We went into their backgrounds. I wanted to know where they were at, what schools they attended, who they hung out with, and what kind of activities they were into. 
And that's what we dug up on each one of the victims. But still, there is no association. None of them never worked for me. None of them, they never went to any places that I ever hung around because I didn't hang, hang around that many places unless you were involved in politics or, or you, if you were involved in clowning, then I might have ran into you. But there's no way I could have run into any of them. All right, so this asshole over the years kind of flip-flops back and forth. I mean, the FBI has hours of interviews with him, and there's times where he confesses to the killings, and then there's times where he tries to pretend he has a personality disorder where he just doesn't remember any of it. That's what blows my mind is, is he's sitting here, like he's saying he's done all this research as if that makes him... Like it justifies yeah. what he did. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to figure out who these people are and stuff. And I'm like, I've been studying them. Yeah. What, what, what kind of. You know exactly what kind of studying he's doing. And he's taking that shit straight to the spank bank. Well, and then he's like, here's a picture of all the victims together. I'm like, well, yeah, like a team photo. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's what it sounded like. <laughs> like yeah. um, it looked like a fucking class reunion. I mean, you killed 33 people and you're trying to sit there and say you don't remember any of them and the that they never worked for him or were never involved in politics politics clowning the um i don't know what's better or worse i mean that's terrible in all cases but like Dahmer, at least i'm pretty sure like in his like he knew i mean he right right up what i'm saying but he he recalled these people and but he like for him there was more than just the the sex. I mean, he was like emotionally connected yes, to these attached. people and well, attached. When you eat someone, Brad, they're with you. Forever. They're with you forever. So. And uh, you know, but he would talk about these people uh, as if he could recall them and everything very vividly. And then you got like others who act like they're just completely, you know, Ridgeway who killed so many people he can't keep him straight uh you got gacy now who's saying he doesn't, <clears throat> doesn't remember recognize doesn't recognize any of them i don't know maybe if they bent them over he may recognize them that's <laughs> what a what a piss poor defense yeah uh, i i've never seen these people a day in my life it, it's and like at the point where you're in your your we dug death them, row we dug them out from under your house yeah how did these get here <laughs> Must have bought it like that. So Gacy murdered at least 33 young men and boys and buried 26 of them in the crawl space of his house. Uh, Gacy usually lured a lone victim to his house, although on more than one occasion, um, he also had what he called, quote, doubles, two victims killed in the same evening. Uh, Having restrained his victims, Gacy proceeded to rape and torture his captive. He frequently began by sitting on his victim's chest before forcing the victim to fillet him. So, how how awful does that sound? The, the fat chubby clown sitting on my chest after he's got me tied up. And that dick gets anywhere close to my mouth, I'm fucking wrecking that thing. You know what I mean? It's coming off. Do you think that... They didn't do that out of hopes that they thought that was their would, only their would, only way out was to cooperate. I would Evander Holyfield his penis. That thing gets anywhere close. Nah, 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 nah. I'm just taking a bite out of crime, fucking chewing it off. One and done, Mister Gacy. One and done. 
So Gacy then inflicted acts of torture, including uh, burning with cigars, making his captive um, imitate a horse as he sat on their back and pulled upon uh, makeshift reins around their necks, um, violated them with foreign objects such as dildos and prescription bottles after he had sodomized his captive. Oh, I mean, let's stop for a second. How fucking horrible does that sound? Uh, which He's... part? <laughs> Well, <laughs> name anyone, Brad, but him riding you like a fucking horse, uh, you know, forcing certain foreign objects into your body after, yeah, no, sweaty it, clown sex. I mean, the fact this that he, sounds like a fucking nightmare. It does. He he this, may have. This uh, is like one of those nightmares where you like your body. You ever had those nightmares where you're just laying there and you're like, "Fuck, I gotta move. Mm-hmm. Make me move, and you can't move." You know. Well, this is probably one of these situations where by the time it was, you were ready to die. To just kill me. Yeah. Put me out of my misery. I can't take another lap with your chubby ass on my back. <laughs> this is not the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, Seabiscuit ain't going to make it to no, the end. Nope. Please kill me. Uh, so he typically murdered his victims by placing a rope tourniquet around their neck and before progressively tightening the rope with a hammer handle. He referred to this act as the, quote, rope trick and frequently informing his captive that this is the last trick. So um, one one part I left out about his rope trick, uh, being the devout Catholic that Mr. Gacy was, he was nice enough to recite Psalms 23, which is the Lord's Prayer, while uh, performing this trick on, I wouldn't say most, but a handful of his victims. That makes it even more weird. Well, yeah, it's definitely twisted. So I'm not sure if in his mind maybe he was. Do you think he was saying it on his behalf? I would like or to on believe so. Of the victim. I would like to believe so. Because I'm not sure this guy gives a fuck about anyone but John Wayne Gacy. It's so. apparent that that is the case. Um, after death. Gacy usually stored the victim's bodies under his bed for up to 24 hours before burying his victim in the crawl space where he periodically poured quicklime to hasten the decomposition of his victims. I mean, I'm sure I've probably let a few rip in the middle of the night where my wife thought I was concealing a dead body somewhere. Right. But even 24 hours, I got to think that you're going to start to get some funk coming off that thing. Right. So I'm... I'm going to give you a quick uh, overview of the Gacy house at this time, okay? Because we're not going to get into a lot of murders. We're basically going to, you know, read out his last, his final murder that caught him. So by the time he had met his second wife, they're living together for, I don't know, maybe a year or so before he comes to her and just says, hey, I'm homosexual. I don't want to have sex with you anymore. And to be honest, I would like to get a divorce. But at that time, divorce, obviously still somewhat frowned upon. How do you end up getting divorced the first time? Uh, when sodomy, when he got sent off to prison, uh, okay. Marilyn was gone. And he never seen those kids or her ever again. Gotcha. So, Did he father any children with wife number two? I do believe so, yes. Have you done? Have you done any research on 
any of his children or no. what their thoughts no. on him are. No. I I would like to believe what their thoughts are. So on gay him, or so. not, that still doesn't uh, throw me off the scent of the dead body you got under the bed. Or do you think they didn't so, share a, a At this time, no more. She's sleeping in a separate room. Uh, she was quoted as saying, I remember you know, him bringing over countless teenage boys into the garage you know all hours of the night and you know she just kind of stayed oblivious to it so they they found a few of the buried like in his yard and shit like or behind his shed and stuff too i think right yeah out by the i said so was his garage like was that like his as his dungeon yeah basically just a mattress in there and then all his uh toys john wayne fuck shack yeah. So you go ahead. I'll let you go into the uh, murder of Robert Peist. Peist, yeah. So on the af- afternoon of December 11th, 1978, JC visited the Neeson Pharmacy in Des Plaines to discuss a potential remodeling deal with the owner, Phil Torch. While he was within earshot of a 15 year old part time employee, Robert Peist, JC mentioned his firm often hired teenage boys at a starting wage of $5 per hour, almost double the pay that Peist had been earning at the pharmacy. Shortly after Gacy left the pharmacy, Peist's mother arrived at the store to drive her son home so the family could celebrate her birthday together. Peist asked his mother to wait, adding that some contractor wanted to talk to me about a job. He left the store at 9 p.m., promising to return shortly. Pice was murdered shortly after 10 p.m. at Gacy's home. Gacy later stated that at his house, he asked Pice whether there was anything he wouldn't do for the right price, to which Pice replied that he did not mind working hard. Uh, so, you know, so he's using his, the, whatever, the hourly wage that he's offering to, again, entice potential victims Yes, he's back on the scientific research trail. Yeah. So lures this guy's back, and, and it sounds like in response to Pice's reply, he says, um, good money could be earned by hustling, although Pice was dismissive. Um, <clears throat> Gacy then duped Pice into donning the handcuffs before saying, I'm going to rape you, and you can't do anything about it, as Pice began weeping. Uh, he also stated that as he placed the rope around Pice's neck, the boy was crying scared. I imagine so. Uh, Gacy admitted to having received a phone call from a business acquaintance as Pice lay dying, suffocating on his bedroom floor. So, that's terrifying. Just that whole thing. Yeah. And, you know, like we've already talked about, you know, you're standing there and you got this chubby fucking bastard telling you, that he's going to rape you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how you just... I mean, I'm sure that many attempted to get away somehow. Yeah, but, I'm, not, I'm not sure what you do with your hands cuffed behind your mm-hmm. back. but Fucking karate time. Like, like I said, I think for a good 30 seconds... You would have to, you know, compose yourself. But for a good 30 seconds, you're going to start to play along. 
you know what I mean? Yes, Mr. You know, I'll do all the things you want me to do. And you kind of get him riled up a little bit. And like I said, when that thing comes out, you just go ham on that penis. Ham. So you... Lorraine and Bobbitt would have been so <laughs> fucking excited to see what I did to that thing. I'm telling you right now. Gone. So, I'd tear it off. It'd be a fucking two-toy. So you prefer your John Wayne Gacy with his rager pressed my upon mouth. your lips. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As I'm fleeing the scene, I would have all the DNA evidence the police needed. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> you would, so you're telling me you'd walk into the police station, still handcuffed. Oh, come on, over I need to report a crime. (laughs) (laughs) Spit out the the head of John Wayne Gacy's penis onto the desk. Little John. (laughs) What? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'll tell you right now. Terrible. Little hindsight, I think this could have ended. Yeah. You you wonder, though, do you think? You've you've taken a shot. You would have to inflict so much pain. You've taken a shot to the balls before. Yes. Now imagine the head of your penis being bitten off. Do you think that's possible? Yeah. Oh, I know it is. I'll tell you that right now. Even if I got to chew to get through a little bit of gristle. <laughs> I've ate a couple of ribeyes in my day. I'm getting through no. that fucking thing. I'm telling you right now. I mean, you would. You'd have to make sure that you inflicted enough pain that it would, like, incapacitate him for a short period of time so you could get hey, away. Door number one. You bite his penis off. Door number two, he's throwing you on the ground, riding you like a fucking horse, and then shoving foreign objects up your ass. Which door are you walking through? Well, door number one. But I'm saying that you would okay. you would have so, to hope that because I mean you're obviously on board with this. If somebody, uh, you got you're gonna get a pretty violent reaction out of someone if you bite their penis. I would imagine, especially at the extent oh, you're talking about. At at the time. That's you what know, you'd have is, to make sure you cause enough pain. Sink, this is sink or swim. You you ain't going in for just a little nibble. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying you'd have to make sure you cause enough pain that he didn't react and just uh, kill jerk, you immediately. Jerk and pull away. Let's see how that works out for you. That's what I'm saying. I've got you right where I want you. You just got to make the conscious decision that chow time. This thing is leaving with me. Plain and simple. <laughs> That's all you got to do. You have to commit. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Got to give it 100. Gee. So, uh, Mr. Peist obviously did not deploy your tactics. And when he failed to return, his family filed a missing person report. When the displays, uh, report with the displays, please. Uh, Torf named Gacy as the contractor that Peist had most likely left the store to talk uh, talk about a job. Uh, L- Lieutenant Joseph, that's probably like Kozenchek or Kozenchak or yeah, something. Those um, Polish people. Yeah, whose son um, attended Maine West High School, like Peist, chose to investigate Gacy further. Suspecting Gacy might be holding Peist against his will at his home, Desplaines Police obtained a warrant to search Gacy's house on December 13th. The search of Gacy's property revealed several suspicious items, including several police badges, um, a 6 millimeter 
for a Vitata uh, starter pretty sure, pistol. Pretty sure that's a Beretta. Yeah, well, it definitely is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vitata. Uh, we can pretend. <clears throat> starter pistol inside of an office drawer and a syringe with hypodermic needle inside um, a cabinet in Gacy's bathroom. Uh, investigators also found handcuffs, books on homosexuality, and pedestrian. Pedophile. Okay, so that's like the what's that the scientific term of the study of pedophilia? Yeah. Um, seven pornographic films, cap uh, capsules of amyl nitrate, and uh, an eighteen-inch dildo that he stole from your collection (laughs) in his bedroom. I was wondering where that came from. Well, they found it. Yes. Gently used. Solved. Gently it used. It was gently used before it left my house. Gently so. used. Like new. $30. No low ball. Firm. Dishwasher $30 firm. I know what I got here. Um, So they start finding all of his supplies. That I thought I recalled that. Did he ever record any of his antics, any home videos? Not that I'm aware of. Okay. Um, it would not surprise me, though. Just with him being into watching videos, it seems that maybe that right. would have been something he tried out. Um, so armed with the signed search warrant, a police and evidence uh, police and evidence technicians drove to Gacy's home, and on their arrival, officers found Gacy had unplugged his sump pump, flooding the crawl space with water um, to clear it. They simply replaced the plug and waited for the water to drain. God, man. So... so- they followed him for a couple of weeks, you know, and his grand plan was, fuck it, I'm going to flood the crawl space. You know, they'll never find what's in there now. They, they didn't have the ability to unflood said yeah, crawl space? I guess. So um, so after it had drained, uh, evidence technician Daniel Genty entered mm. the 28 by 38 foot crawl space and crawled to the southwest corner and began digging. Uh, within minutes, he had uncovered uh, put- putrefied. putrefied flesh and uh, human arm bone. Genty immediately shouted to the investigators that they uh, could charge Gacy with murder, adding, I think this place is full of kids. So, unfortunately for the recovery team, I want to say they swept his house like on Christmas Eve or maybe December 23rd. And they basically spent the next two weeks removing bones from his crawl space. I mean, and they they had to, I think I saw I've seen some pictures. They they had to remove like the floor of the house, right? So right. they had room to operate. Right, right. Yeah. Once they found a couple, they, you know, and while in custody, he finally decides to play ball and draws a diagram for them you know basically stating where everyone was buried so so for him to say i don't remember these people he you know and it's out there you can see it but he makes a pretty uh detailed depiction of well because who's buried where didn't he have uh some some of the people who worked for him at times dig holes in the cross space yeah and so he had to have like a layout of where and he even, were. he even tried to tell the police numerous times that, you know, 
just so you know, guys, I had accomplices, you know. Now, whether that was true or not, that they actually helped in the murders, they definitely dug a couple of those graves, so. And he was unaware of them, I What they were digging a hole for, the stuff there. Sump pump, or uh, sewage line, that's what he would always tell them. So after uh, being informed that the police had found human remains in his crawl space and that he would now be uh, would now face murder charges, Gacy told officers that he wanted to quote clear the air, adding that he had known um, his arrest was inevitable since the previous evening, uh, which he had spent on the couch in his lawyer's office. Uh, to assist officers in their search for victims buried beneath his house during his confession, Gacy drew, like you said, a diagram of the basement. Uh, to indicate where the bodies were, and uh, 26 of them were unearthed from the crawl space over uh, the next week. Three more were also unearthed elsewhere on the property. I mean, it's, I can't imagine. You you see some of those clips. There's video of it, too. Some of those poor bastards had to go down there and you know, dig all this up. I mean, we're talking years of, you know, that first guy that went down there, I doubt he was prepared for what he was walking into. You know Probably I mean? not. Hazmat and whatnot. And it, I cannot smell. I, that place had to have been crawling with bugs. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, even uh, well, Gary Ridge probably would have been. Probably been too many, too many maggots for Gary. To sweep away. God, not. <clears throat> unimaginable. So, uh. February 6, 1980, John Wayne Gacy was charged with 33 murders, which at the time, you know, he was the most notorious serial killer that they had apprehended. Bridgeway says, hold my beer. That's right. I just even never been to the Green River. So on the morning of March 12th, the jury deliberated for less than two hours and found Gacy guilty on 33 charges of murder. He was also found guilty of sexual assault and taking indecent liberties with a child, both convictions in reference to Robert Pice. At the time, his conviction of 33 murders was the most for which any person in U.S. history had been convicted. John Wayne Gacy was ultimately sentenced to death. Um, so I, is there a minimum, I don't know, if you, is there a minimum amount of time that a jury like is obligated to deliberate? Um, I'm not positive. Or that it sounds looks... like two hours. Pretty quick turnaround. Well, or I wonder if it's more easily contested by the defense if they don't take a certain amount of time. So, you know, do you know, think you'd walk in that room and you'd be like, all right, everybody knows you did it right. I would yep, say... Okay, and then I'll go, but we got to sit here for the next hour and 45 minutes... I would minutes say in a... To make it look good. ...capital punishment situation, which this would have been at the time, uh, you got to get those 12 people on board with what you're getting ready to do your you know your yes or no is killing that person uh, okay out of 12 oh yeah, yeah. fuck i'm <laughs> on board yeah i mean i already told you i would shoot his penis off so i could really care less what you do with him after that but unfortunately <laughs> i think sometimes it's hard to get 12 people on board with anything That's let true. alone taking another person's life so fair enough um i would not have struggled with this matter no and uh, next case. So the morning of uh, May 9th, 1994, Gacy was transferred from the Menard Correctional Center 
to the Stateville Correctional Center in Crest Hill to be executed. So Menard, that's down, uh, I, think that's, I think that's down towards St. Louis somewhere down I believe so. southern Illinois. And Statesville's in Joliet, Joliet basically. So. Um, so for his last meal, Gacy ordered a bucket of KFC, a dozen fried shrimp, French fries, uh, fresh strawberries, and a Diet Coke. His final spoken words were reported to be, quote, kiss my ass. Yeah, um, before that, he had some ramblings. This is the only part I thought was important to take out of there. But uh, before that, he basically, you know, that uh, he was murdered by the state of Illinois. You know, that was the beginning of his ramblings while sitting in. He claiming claimed that he was being murdered? Yes, un, unjustified. Yeah. So. And it does sound like during his execution that one of the tubes had clogged because he died by lethal injection, which I'm sure they could have found a much more efficient way. Method. Yes, yes. But what happened though? You said one of the tubes? One of the tubes had clogged, and at first, you know, there were some concerns that maybe he didn't get, you know, because with one part of it, it's more of a something to relax. Sedative of some kind. Right. And then whatever the other substance may be that actually puts you to, you know, kills you can be painful without the other one. So maybe that was God's way of, you know. A little kink in the uh, sedative tube and give him the business. Right. That should be, honestly. Trying to even up on this chubby fuck, so. Which I'm perfectly okay with. So Bundy was... Um, electric chair. Correct. Gacy got lethal injection. Right. Dahmer got stabbed by a fellow inmate. No, got beat with a bar. Oh. His brain smashed in. Okay. I thought he got, like, shivved with a broomstick or something. Yeah, so I, I thought the same thing. And to be honest, I always thought that broomstick was inserted in a very specific place, but was not the case. Um, And was it Ramirez had blood cancer? Died. Uh, Wasn't executed, but died of blood cancer. Correct. Like in 2013. And then Berkowitz, Kemper, Raider, and Ridgeway are all still living. Living. Right. They're all looking pretty rough these days, though. I would imagine so. You put 30 years in the pen. Now, Ridgeway's probably coming up on 15, 16 years in prison. About the same with Raider. Big Ed's been in since the 70s. Is the death penalty a thing anywhere still? In the United States, I believe Texas still yeah. honors the death penalty. For sure. The other ones, I'm not. I'm are not they all of, Are they all in uh, state prisons? Or are they in federal prisons? I, it would ha- most of them would be federal. Just because the if amount. If they happened across state lines, too, probably changes things. That would be a part of it, yeah. Um, Ridgeway, I think, just the the number. So, like, he originally was put in uh, Colorado's Supermax prison. And, you know, the following years, they found more bodies. So, just to make it easier on themselves, they actually moved him to a Supermax in Washington State, where he would be closer, that they could go and... You know, kind of pick his brain and say, hey, do you think you had something to do with this? 
does he have any uh are there like any somewhat recent interviews with him uh you know? ridgeway not that i'm i'm not positive no. no i don't believe so or they would be something that someone did privately you know gotcha so here we are we you know we got gacy we wrapped him up now him versus berkowitz i mean i don't know part of me thinks that this is a no-brainer yeah, i mean I as far as so. brutality alone mm-hmm. i mean like no. i said berkowitz although i believe all these guys are fucking cowards but you know if we're talking about serial killers and violent ruthless yeah walking up to someone in a car and just shooting them in the back of the head is you know that's not really uh no i mean it sucks it's crime it's awful terrible but it's nothing compared to what these guys these yeah, other dudes are have known done for so so we'll just give gacy the nod i think him the nod over berkowitz yeah i said we bump him right up i don't know do we do we throw those other two matchups out there do we just you know what? I think we'll. I say we just throw it out there, top four, and we'll let it be voted upon. Just out of the four, like yeah. four men enter an alley. Yeah, one comes out alive. Thunderdome, pantless Thunderdome. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, the old Night Stalker is gonna be what Arden peed. One and done. Uh, I just think he's gonna have his work cut out for him. Yeah, Dahmer be over there snacking on him. Yeah, old Ed, save the head for me. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! <sighs> yeah, I. Well, I you know, what is it? It's on a uh, no a Christmas vacation. Fucking cousin, save the neck for me, Clark. <laughs> you got it, Eddie. Oh man. Yeah, like so, I said, I'm. So, who do you think comes out of those four? What's your thought? My thought, uh, I, I, I envision John Wayne having a solid sit-down conversation with Ed about his handcuff trick, while uh, Dahmer is currently placing Ramirez's lifeless body into his cooler. Safekeeping. He doesn't want the flies to get to it before he has time to dissect, dissect, and get it set up on his table. But uh, I'm going big, Ed, man. I'm a. You don't think that uh, you don't think Gacy can get the cuffs on him? Not on Big Ed. I mean, I don't think so. Just matchup wise, he's a. He's quite the man. The number he's, he's no dummy. He's too smart. Number eight seed. That's right, Cinderella. I think Cinderella is going to the ball. He seems like the one out of all of them the most capable of feeling compassion, though. Right. You don't think that he could be uh, maybe, maybe talked down? Maybe he would be avenging some of their victims. Maybe he comes out of this thing a hero. Don't get me wrong. There is part of me that enjoys the idea of Ed Kemper pummeling the neck root of John Wayne Gacy. Yeah. If anyone deserves listen, it. Listen. Is uh Pogo is Pogo coming to the alley fight or is it the Colonel? 
Which one? I need to know which John Wayne Gacy we're getting. I, I, right? if it's if the I'm, clown, I got to give him a little bit of an edge. I don't know. If I'm Kemper, I'm like, you do it. Do it. Go put your fucking clown costume on. You know, I want to see, you know, that red nose flopping up and down while I'm pummeling <laughs> your right. esophagus. Yeah, I, I, I would hope that it would be Pogo myself. But yeah. Um, which, if you see any pictures of that thing, he's fucking frightening as a clown. Yeah. The last what thing. What child's birthday party are you inviting him to? If I'm in a hospital dying of cancer. The last thing I want to see is that fucking guy. Pull the plug. Yeah, it's over. Pull the plug. Sorry, mom. I'm ready to go. This is it. Or you will think you have already died and gone to hell. Oh, my God. Yeah, I would want no part of that. Uh, Maybe hell won't seem that bad after you've had a visit from Pogo. Shit. I don't know, man. I don't know. We'll have to. Now we got to determine what we're going to do next. So the best part of it, the Pogo. That handcuff thing was legit one of his bits that he would do for the kids and other people, like when he was entertaining, just kind of a haha funny thing. Haha, gotcha. And then would end up locking himself in them and get out of them. So, very disturbing. It is, and it's. I what's what's the most? I I told you before. I was really excited to find out that he was a little bitch. About being put on death row. Him yeah. and Bundy, you know, after all the pain and suffering you've inflicted, and now it's fucking pointed at you. And Dahmer and Kemper both basically asked for death. Please. Well, yeah. I deserve to die. Just do it. All right. So it's good to know that Gacy went down as a sniveling little bitch. So. Touche. Makes me feel better about life. I would agree. I would agree with that. So, yeah, Faces of Death uh, wrapped up. We'll throw the four of them out there on uh, Facebook, Twitter, and whatnot. You guys chime in who you think wins the uh, the face-off. The face-off. And, and I said we'll... uh, giveaway will be announced tomorrow night, so still some time to Hop get in, in there. Yeah. And we'll, uh, we'll be moving into the month of November where we'll probably, I don't know, we'll have a series. It'll probably be different topics each time i'm guessing um i almost kind of like see. the grab bag idea we uh, write a handful of those down and just reel them off well some of those like some of the potential topics we're going to require research right right but i do think that there would be some entertaining uh conversation yeah. that could spawn from having things that are more um not as in-depth, and, you know, kind of like you said, a grab bag with, you know, 20, 30 just random things or topics, and we just Pull one grab out. one out while we're hot mic and just go with it right. and see what happens. Uh, I don't know. I think that'd be fun and entertaining. Um, you know, we kind of threw around the idea maybe as we get closer to Thanksgiving, digging into, like, the origins, the real origins of Thanksgiving and what how that came to be. And also, for anybody listening, if there's anything that you would like for us to, you know, any topic that you would like to have offended, please. Yeah, happy to, to offend. Yeah. Happy to offend any topic. Um, that's just kind of 
our nature anyways. Yeah, I think we can find the awful in everything. So There's probably a lot of people that have regretted ever sharing, um, you know, just things that normal people do. You know, the, the sports team they like or something they enjoy, a food, a beverage. Uh, there are probably people who have regretted sharing that type of information with us right. because we typically will find a way to turn it around, ruin it for them. <laughs> so... I don't know. Yeah. Throw out some ideas. Um, I don't know. Do you, do you guys like the structured, you know, layout of a specific topic? Do you, you know, do you like to hear just our random opinions about anything? Uh, we're, we're pretty flexible. Not literally, because I can't even fucking touch my toes, but Getting old, mentally man. pliable. Yes. 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 Definitely flexible there. So. Are we going to fucking toast with coffee? Oh, God, it's the weirdest <laughs> thing. You know what? I think I'm going to take one for the team. Let's do what it. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hold on a second, peoples. Yeah. We can't wrap this up with non-alcoholic uh, beverages. No, I'm not. This donut shop ain't going to cut it. We got to finish this thing off the right way. Little, little malted hops. We're still here. You can hear the ruckus in the background. Ooh. What we got here? Well, higher plane IPA. Definitely putting we, my pinky out. We fucking put the hurt on that bush light last <laughs> night. So obviously there was probably some podcast gold left on the table. I think that that's definitely a possibility but no I've, I've never had this so i know you're a voodoo ranger guy so see what this is about a little hazy ipa one last toast to these uh these assholes oh that sounds good. here we go all right boys here's to those who wish us well all the rest can go to hell fuck you <laughs> john wayne gacy absolutely he liked handcuffs. He liked to hurt people. But he did it more in the sense of wanting to experiment to see how somebody would react. I mean, he was a very likable guy. And he never really intimidated you. He wasn't the kind of guy that you'd be afraid of. I got into clown makeup. I regressed into childhood. It was fun being a clown because you could, you, you could be yourself or, or just let yourself go and act a fool. He is the most notorious serial murderer ever. No one can hold a candle to John Gacy.